Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have more details from Statistics Canada's Census of Agriculture. Also, we'll take a look at Farm Credit Canada's latest dairy outlook. And up first in today's country comment, we'll hear from the President and CEO of the Canadian Meat Council, Chris White. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The Canadian Meat Council is receiving a federal investment of over $543,000 to grow Canada's red meat exports. Chris White is president and CEO of the Canadian Meat Council. Well, I'm very pleased, obviously, and it's a recognition on the part of government that we work very collaboratively with them and that it's really critical to continue to export product overseas and find markets. So... um, you know, from the perspective of the, the monies that government has flowed to us in the past, they recognize that it's well spent. In terms of what it will be used for, certainly the challenge has been with, uh, on the pork side, we've lost some access to China and on the beef side as well. So uh, with the government's Indo-Pacific China, TPTPP, CETA, any markets where we can export product to, it's always good to go talk to local officials, local government, and also meet with our trade commissioner so they have a good sense of what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, I guess uh, you'll also be working with the uh, Canadian Cattlemen's Association. Uh, can you just talk about what uh, what their role will be? We work very closely with both the Cattlemen and Canada Pork, and the idea there is that we want to, when we go overseas, we try and travel together and give uh, officials in various governments a sense of what it looks like from farm to fork. And it's it's just a, it's a more fulsome approach. It's a more sophisticated approach in terms of giving everybody the full spectrum of how it works. And it also shows the good collaboration that exists between the producers and the processors and the packers. And I think that reassures uh, other governments and other industries when we meet with them that there is that collaborative relationship. And when they find out that it's partially funded by the government as well, that gives them a great degree of comfort. And, um, you know, just through the the pandemic, what, what have exports been like? You know, on balance, they haven't been bad. I mean, the, the most challenging market, as you were likely aware, has been the uh, on the pork side with respect to China because of uh, the suspensions of plants owing to COVID. But, you know, we've done a very good job, and we work very closely with both Ag Canada and the Canadian Food Inspection Agency to make sure that the plants never, for the most part, were shut down. So exports weren't really affected the way uh, one might have anticipated. And I think as well, trade, the Department of Trade has done a very good job in terms of continuing to to identify uh, potential markets. And certainly we work quite closely with uh, the trade commissioners in any number of those markets. So they have a very good sense of of what the product is and what the capacities are of industry in Canada. And, um, you know, again, one of the things you'll be doing here, you'll be bringing in, I guess, inspection visits by other officials just to show, um, just to demonstrate compliance with food safety standards. It's one of the things that I think Canada is does very, very well. And certainly when we are overseas and talking about the quality of the Canadian product, one of the things that differentiates Canada from other countries is just how um, rigorous it is from a CFIA perspective to get product out the door so that if you do export to you know country A, B, or C, if you're the recipient of the product, you know it's world-class in terms of the, um, the quality that's in it, but also the testing that CFIA has imposed on the plant before they will sign off on it. So it's one of our calling cards that you buy our product, you're getting a world-class product. 
That was Chris White, president and CEO of the Canadian Meat Council. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. In its weekly crop report, Manitoba Agriculture says heavy rains the previous week again slowed seeding efforts, leaving fields damp to saturated with heavier rainfall amounts concentrated in western Manitoba. Multiple highway closures are ongoing, impacting movement of agricultural commodities and inputs. Provincial seeding progress sits at about 4% complete, behind the five-year average of 50% for Week 19. Pockets of the central and southwest regions are further ahead, while other parts of the Inner Lake and northwest region and the Red River Valley nearest the river remain underwater. Farmers are extremely concerned about seeding delays, leading some farmers to switch planned corn or soybean acres into canola and spring wheat while planned field pea acres may see a decline as well. Weather forecasts remain unfavorable. Farmers are coping using whatever strategy they can to dry soil and pick and choose the driest fields to plant on. After coming through a challenging winter, it's important to make sure cattle are on a good mineral program. Livestock and feed extension specialist Travis Paradin in Saskatchewan says in order for a cow to calve at the same time next year, she must rebreed within 80 to 83 days after calving. He notes having a good nutrition program is fundamental. Having a strong mineral program is, is really important for your cow herd. So it uh, you know has a positive effect on feed efficiency. Uh, it has an effect on growth, uh, immune function, and then, of course, most importantly, fertility. So those are probably the, the biggest reasons we want to have a good mineral program for our cows. When looking at your mineral program, the most talked about macro minerals are calcium and phosphorus and their ratio in the body, which should be at least two to one. The type of forage or pasture will influence this ratio as legumes are generally high in calcium while grasses tend to be lower. And the Canadian Meat Council is receiving a federal investment of over $543,000 to grow Canada's red meat exports. Chris White is president and CEO of the Canadian Meat Council. We work very closely with both the cattlemen and Canada Pork and the idea there is that we want to, when we go overseas, we try and travel together and give uh, officials in various governments a sense of what it looks like from farm to fork. And it's, it's just a, it's a more fulsome approach. It's a more sophisticated approach in terms of giving everybody the full spectrum of how it works. And it also shows the good collaboration that exists between the producers and the processors and the packers. And I think that reassures uh, other governments and other industries when we meet with them that there is that collaborative relationship. And when they find out that it's, partially funded by the government as well. That gives them a great degree of comfort. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire. For Wednesday, May 18th, I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll get the latest dairy outlook from Farm Credit Canada. Farm Credit Canada has released an updated dairy outlook for 2022. Craig Clemmer is principal economist. Yeah, I guess if we look at what's changed, um, you know, we've had input prices that have been increasing quite significantly. Uh, obviously, the war in Ukraine has had, you know, major impacts in terms of availability, global availability of feed grains, and that's having an impact here in North America. Fertilizer and energy costs have been increasing for producers in terms of growing your own feed. Uh, so those have been some, ma- some of the major impacts. We've also seen a fairly large announcement from the the Canadian Dairy Commissioner for higher support prices for producers, which is helping to offset some of those costs. Uh, But at the end of the day, when we look at uh, the overall trend, we have significantly higher uh, prices for inputs and and feed costs for producers. 
um, and that's uh, that's uh, impacting profitability and, and some decisions of producers. Yeah, and let's just focus in on on some of those trends. I guess let's start with um, production costs and and uh, the outlook there. Yeah, so when we look at overall production costs and 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 kind of where they have been, we continue to see them trending higher. Um, you, you know, if you look at uh, feed costs. Uh, we're looking at some pretty large increases again in 2022, uh, both in eastern and and western Canada. So, um, you know, higher corn prices, higher barley prices, uh, all going to uh, flow through in terms of rising those costs of productions for producers. And then even on the variable cost side of things, um, seeing increases uh, for producers uh, of slightly higher variable costs as well. Um, just kind of, you know, we just kind of look at some of those other uh, inputs, whether it's uh, additives or, or, um, or just the cost of doing businesses. We're seeing those increasing as well. And uh, when looking at dairy product uh, demand, can you talk about what uh, you're expecting to see there? Yeah, on the demand side of things, um, you know, I guess it's kind of breaking it out in terms of uh, price and as well as uh, when we look at um, the demand piece, uh, you know, overall, um, you know, prices or demand has stayed quite robust and, and we continue to see some fairly uh, strong demand for, for dairy products despite the higher costs right now. Um However, you know, we got to start looking at uh, how things are going to shift here with food services. Now that we see the overall Canadian economy opening up, we're continuing to open up and, and uh, consumption patterns are, are changing. Um, you know, how that's going to, to imp- impact is uh, yet to be totally understood at this point. Um, if we look kind of overall, we did see uh, retail food sales did decline. Um, but we did see overall prices, in, you know, overall returns increase because of those inflationary pieces. We're starting to see more imports of, of dairy products into Canada. Uh, can you talk about the uh, the impact there and, and just some of the recent developments? Yeah, so I mean, on the on the import side of things, um, you know, Canada has agreed to increase um, or you know, yeah, revise or increase some of the allocation. Of, of dairy products into Canada and under these uh, trade agreements that we've signed recently. Um, I guess one of, you know, Kusma, there's some agreements there to increase uh, in, uh, imports of, of U.S. dairy products. And right now there's an ongoing trade challenge where basically all the, the um, you know, the import licenses were, were assigned to Canadian companies and, and we did have uh, some challenges under that agreement from, from the U.S. side of things. Uh, Canada did make a, a proposal for for revising those. Those have not been uh, considered fully uh, satisfiable to the U.S. And uh, at this point, we're still um, going to keep moving forward on that to figure out what the recommendations are um, from the um, the, rec- the panel's recommendations overall from the committee. And the last thing I wanted to touch on, um, inflation. Um, can you talk about the impact of uh, uh, inflation? Yeah, I mean, inflation is, is a big story for, you know, everything in terms of how consumers are looking to be spending their money. But, you know, one of the big impacts of inflation is that the Bank of Canada is responding through higher higher uh, overnight policy rates. And, you know, as they increase those uh, policy rates, it's going to mean higher um, higher interest costs for producers, especially those that haven't locked in. So when we look at that inflationary story, we can, we've seen uh, inflation running near 7% here in March. Uh, expectations are that we continue to see, um, you know, inflation running high and above the target rate of, of 2%, but the band of 
one to three percent from the Bank of Canada. And and in response, the Bank of Canada is going to have to continue moving their their interest rates higher. So you know our forecast and and you know what we're going to be looking at is that we'd expect that rates will probably increase another fifty basis points when uh, the uh, Bank of Canada meets in June. So. You know, we, we've seen some significant jumps already in the overnight rate and expect to see those moving forward through 2022 as well, um, impacting cost of funds for investments as well as those that are have variable rate products uh, having higher interest costs this year. That was Craig Clemmer, Principal Economist with Farm Credit Canada giving us an updated dairy outlook for 2022. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada has established an e-commerce resource hub where Canadian agri-food companies can access resources to take advantage of global opportunities to sell products online. Sessions conclude June 6th. Each week covers a different topic. You can register on the Manitoba Agriculture website. And Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is putting on a Fence and Water Solutions Workshop June 1st. The cost is $30, and you can register on the MFGA website. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon. Statistics Canada released results for the 2021 Census of Agriculture last week. Joining us again here today is Paulo Lobo. He's the unit head for the Census of Agriculture, this time talking about livestock numbers. For cattle, uh, we're looking at uh, 12.6 million heads. Uh, That's uh, an increase of just under 1% since the 2016 census cycle. Uh, in terms of, of revenue for cattle uh, sector, we're looking at uh, 14.7 billion, and uh, the major players uh, in terms of regions for cattle are Alberta and Saskatchewan. Moving on to pigs, uh, we're at 14.6 million heads, uh, and that's an increase of 3.4 percent since the 2016 census cycle, and the revenue uh, is 5.3 billion. Uh, major players for uh, this livestock sector would be Quebec, uh, Manitoba, and Ontario. Chicken poultry, talking about 152.3 million heads. Uh, there's uh, an increase of 4.7% since the 2016 uh, cycle. And uh, the revenue uh, registers at $6.3 billion. Uh, The major players in this area are uh, Quebec and Ontario. Um, for, for chicken, it is important to mention that uh, supply chain issues such as like temporary shutdowns of meat packing plants might have forced operations to keep um, more livestock on farms at the time of the census. Uh, and this would include also things uh, like poultry and eggs. I have sheep as well. So uh, we're, we're looking at 1.1 million heads. Uh, so there is a, a very uh, small decline, 0.2% since the previous cycle. Uh, census cycle and revenues at uh, 235.9 million. Uh, for major players there, it's, it's mainly Ontario. Just back to cattle for a second. Um, would you have the uh, the breakdown the on the prairies again there uh, for cattle numbers? So Manitoba, we're looking at a uh, small decline of uh, just over two percent. Uh, Saskatchewan is uh, showing a uh, increase of uh, two per- around 2%, and Alberta is uh, in increase as well, uh, slightly more than Saskatchewan, so uh, just a, 
of 5% here. That was Paulo Lobo, unit head for the Census of Agriculture, joining us here today with some results from the 2021 Census of Agriculture. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The federal government has announced an investment of over $543,000 to support efforts by the Canadian Meat Council to grow Canada's red meat exports. Chris White is president and CEO of the Canadian Meat Council. Certainly the challenge has been with, uh, on the pork side, we've lost some access to China and on the beef side as well. So uh, with the governments, Indo-Pacific, China, TPTPP, CETA, any markets where we can export product to, it's always good to go talk to local officials, local government, and also meet with our trade commissioner so they have a good sense of what we're trying to accomplish. In collaboration with the Canadian Pork Council and the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, The Canadian Meat Council is undertaking activities such as trade advocacy missions, engaging with in-market intelligence specialists, and arranging inspection visits by international officials to demonstrate compliance with food safety standards for export. And a good nutrition program is fundamental for livestock, especially after last year's challenging winter. Livestock and feed extension specialist Travis Perdin in Saskatchewan says it has a positive effect on the animal's feed efficiency, growth, immune efficiency, and fertility. Macro minerals like calcium and phosphorus are key in the diet and should be a consideration when evaluating your forage or pasture. If you have a legume-based diet, uh, legumes are high in calcium, so you're probably going to be able to you know, go with a, a one-to-one calcium to phosphorus uh, ratio in your mineral and if you're feeding a you know grass-based hay or else like we're seeing a lot of uh, green feed or straw-based diets you're going to want a, a higher um, higher amount of calcium so that's where you're going to want to use a you know a two to one calcium to phosphorus ratio or even up to a four to one um, is what we've been seeing producers use this year if they're feeding you know a straw and grain-based ration. As for trace minerals copper is key for fertility but you also need to look at iron, cobalt, selenium, iodine, manganese, and zinc. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll get a hog market update from Tyler Fulton with Ham's Marketing Services. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.